Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Joaquin is a legend of Spanish football. He really is. Currently 38 years old and playing his 20th season of professional football in 2019-20. He is a player, captain, shareholder and legend of Real Betis. And he was, is and still will be for some time. A really, really good footballer. This is our La Liga Lowdown special on Joaquin Sanchez Rodriguez and I'm your host, Hugh McTeer. We have various contributors telling the stories of his career, passing through all the clubs he's been at and not just focusing on his time at Real Betis, although there will, of course, be plenty of that. His laughter and joking away from the pitch adds his personality, but that's certainly not what defines him. His jokes add to who he is as a footballer, but I really hope that when he hangs up his boots, that he's remembered for what he's done between the white lines. So let's start off by going back to the very beginning of his footballing career, and let's let Roman de Arker tell us this part of the story about Hawking's first steps into football, and about how a kid from El Puerto de Santa Maria in Cadiz ended up becoming the face the icon, a legend at a club of Seville. Joaquín began his career as a footballer at C de los Frailes, to then move on to Los Barrios, after to Safa San Luis, and finally making the cut to join Betis youth system in 1997 at the age of 16. His brother Ricardo, who was playing for the club at the time, asked Miguel Valenzuela, one of the youth coaches, if his brother Joaquín could get a tryout with Betis. He agreed, and was quite surprised at how Joaquín seemed to be lost on the pitch. But when the ball made it to his feet, the coaches saw something special they could work on and develop. 
Once he was accepted, he didn't move to Sevilla, but rather stayed put in his hometown, which was El Puerto de Santa Maria, in Cádiz. This meant that he had to travel about 100 kilometers by train to get to Sevilla and another 100 kilometers to get back, just to attend the training sessions. Fortunately, he was able to afford these trips thanks to his uncle, who was also called Joaquin, but who everyone knew as El Chino. He'd pay the youngest brother of eight 5,000 pesetas a week, which is equivalent to around 30 euros, so he would never miss a training session. El Chino was Joaquin's main support when it came to football, always cheering him to keep getting better and even funding his new football boots when needed. Thanks to that, he became a key player in Betty's youth system, winning a Super Cup and also a Copa del Rey in 1999, this time against Barcelona's youngsters by 4-1. Joaquin put on a show in that game and was key in all four goals. Such was his performance that after the game, Barca's ex-president Josep Luis Núñez and Barca's ex-coach Luis Vangal went down to the locker room to congratulate the youngster. It must have been quite a pleasure, taking into account that he always wore the number 7 on his shirt due to his admiration for Luis Figo, who he'd later end up playing against some years later. Joaquin then moved up to the Betis B team in the 1999-2000 season, in which he played 26 games in Segunda B, catching Fernando Vázquez I, who was coaching the first team at the time. Vázquez decided to make him debut with Betis in Segunda División on the 3rd of September of 2000, versus Santiago de Compostela at the age of 19. It was probably one of the most special moments in his career, except for the fact that his supporting uncle never got to see the dream come true, as he passed away shortly before at the age of 65, just one month after retiring. But Joaquin has always kept him in his heart ever since, and would often dedicate his goals to his beloved uncle. And it turned out to be a great year for him and the club, as Betis rose back to Primera División in that 2000-2001 season. Joaquín played a total of 38 games, scoring three goals, but really standing out for his ability to create scoring opportunities for his teammates, thanks to how easily he could get past rivals. He was an absolute nightmare for the fullbacks, who were unfortunate enough to have him in front. Betis finished second behind their eternal rival Sevilla with 75 points after 21 wins, 12 draws and 9 defeats. Both teams went up, joined by Tenerife. It was a phenomenal debut season for a Joaquin who from there on would emerge as one of Spain's biggest talents and would begin forging himself as a Betis legend. He really was one of Spain's top talents, so it's a little surprise that he was soon called up by the national team. There was one year in particular that stands out for Joaquin's international career, 2002, the year of the South Korea and Japan World Cup and that penalty miss against host nation South Korea. Now, here's Matt Clark to tell us more about Joaquin's time wearing the red of Spain. Joaquin's international career is a curious journey which could have been better. Some unfortunate and untimely events conspired to cut short his time with Spain, which began so promisingly. He had featured for the under-21 side regularly throughout 2001, but it was his good club form for Real Betis in the 2001-2 season which was enough to earn him a place in the full national setup. He made his debut in a friendly draw against Portugal at Estadio Monjuic in Barcelona. Further friendly appearances and his good end to the club season were enough to secure his seat on the plane to the 2002 World Cup, held in South Korea and Japan. Spain were perfect in the group stage, winning every game 
with Joaquin playing the full 90 in the final match against South Africa. He missed out on the round of 16 game against Ireland, but returned in place of Luis Enrique for the quarter-final, which was against the South Korean co-hosts. This match was one of the most infamous in recent World Cup history, with Joaquin right at the centre of it. Spain had not one, but two goals controversially disallowed. Firstly, after Joaquin was fouled, the resultant free kick led to a goal, but it was chalked off due to an apparent push. Secondly, and more outrageously, Spain were to be denied again in extra time. Joaquin, probably Spain's brightest and best player in the match, beat his fullback and got to the byline before stabbing across for Fernando Morientes to head home. But Spain's jubilation was cut short. The ball was ruled to have gone out of play as Joaquin crossed, while replay showed the ball was nowhere near over the line. Spain and Joaquin had been robbed. The game finished goalless and a penalty shootout would determine the winner. After seven successful penalties, Joaquin stepped up to take Spain's fourth despite carrying an injury. Cruelly, perhaps inevitably after the way the game had gone, Joaquin saw his penalty saved and South Korea made it five out of five to progress. Anger for Spain and anguish for Joaquin. He continued to feature for Spain and scored his first of four international goals against Armenia in April 2004 as Spain qualified for that summer's Euros. This tournament was disappointing for Spain as they suffered a group stage exit after a draw with Greece and defeat to Portugal. They fared slightly better at World Cup 2006, reaching the knockout stage, but lost to finalist France, with Joaquin unable to make much impact off the bench. Joaquin's international career was ultimately doomed following an outburst against coach Luis Aragones after Spain lost to Northern Ireland in a Euro qualifier in 2006. He criticised the tactics and direction of the national team, labelling them a mess in a radio interview. Despite later backtracking, Joaquin had seemingly lost the trust of the coach, and while he made nine more appearances for Spain, he only completed 90 minutes once. He was not picked for the Euro 2008 squad, which was of course the beginning of Spain's glorious treble of consecutive major international tournament victories. Ultimately, Joaquin's international story is one of unfulfillment, one which had the potential to be so much more fruitful. Had the decision been correctly called back in 2002, who knows how that World Cup could have ended for Spain and Joaquin. Oh, what might have been. Exactly, Matt. What might have been, we'll never know, but Joaquin still achieved so much during his club career. In terms of trophies, he didn't win too much, that's true, but what he did win, he cherished so much. At Real Betis, he was a key player in their run to the 2004-2005 Copa del Rey final, which they won 2-1 against Osasuna. That victory at the Estadio Vicente Calderón was so special for Real Betis and for Joaquin, who even had the trophy present at his wedding shortly afterwards. He won the Copa del Rey again during his career, the only other trophy he won at senior level, but that was with Valencia in 2008. We'll get on to his time at Valencia very soon in part two of this Joaquin special, but first, let's have a short pause before we return. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back to this Lally Galodown episode looking at the life and times of Joaquin. We've discussed his Spain career and his rise through the ranks at Real Betis, but Joaquin didn't wear green and white for all of his career, and in 2006, he left the Stadio Benito Villamarín and went to Valencia. Tell us all about the Joaquin Valencia years. Here's our Mestalla man, Paco Pollock. Joaquin's story with Valencia's badge on the chest actually began weeks before he signed for the Mestalla side. It was in a hot month of August in 2006, a summer where Valencia's largest shareholder, Juan Soler, had become obsessed over the Cadiz-born player and wanted to sign him regardless of the price tag. At the time, Betis president Manuel Ruiz de Lopera was absolutely in denial and refused to sell him to Valencia, even though Joaquin had already agreed terms with the Bats and everything seemed set for a transfer in late August. But Lopera, always the sneaky guy, had a few surprises up his sleeve. Out of the blue, Real Betis announced they were going to loan Joaquin to Albacete Balompié, even though Albacete themselves knew nothing about this and Joaquin couldn't believe such a move. It was utter nonsense, obviously just Lopera fooling around and bidding his time until Betis visited Mestalla in the last days of the month because he didn't want to give Valencia a competitive advantage on the pitch over them in that face-to-face matchup. So Joaquin had to actually go by car to Albacete alongside a public notary and take a picture outside the offices of the Carlos Belmonte Stadium. If he didn't prove he had been there, he would be punished with a fine of up to 3 million euros. So the whole story ended with Joaquin knocking at the door, nobody there and a security guard signing a legal document with the notary as a witness to prove that the player had complied with Lopera's incredibly strange rage fit. So a few days later, with the whole Albacete affair just a recurring joke, 
Joaquin became finally a Valencia player for a hefty 25 million euros price tag. Valencia's most expensive signing ever and a record sum, which remained for over a decade until Gonzalo Guedes increased that figure in Valencia. Such a signing sure had an extreme amount of pressure associated with the transfer. Joaquin was expected to be the guy who would make the difference, adding his huge talent and flair to players such as breakout striker David Villa, you might have heard of him, uh, veteran midfielders Albelda and Baraja, living legend Santi Cañizares as the goalkeeper, or a youngster with lots of tricks under his sleeve named David Silva. The whole squad was full of talent and under Quique Sánchez Flores as a manager, they were expected to conquer again that greatness shown only two years earlier, 2004, when they were named the best team in the world after that legendary doblete win of UEFA Cup and La Liga Championship. Unfortunately for Joaquin, he didn't land in a very stable club. That first season actually was the most promising one, with standout performances in the Champions League until they got knocked out by Chelsea in quarterfinals. Also a fourth place in La Liga, even though they fought till the last three games to conquer the championship. However, inner turmoil, as usual in Valencia and a flat-out war between the coach Quique Sánchez Flores and the new sport director Amedeo Carboni were the recipe for disaster. The next season, in 2007, Valencia was a mess and even was very close to relegation thanks to Ronald Koeman's disastrous management. But... Joaquin managed to resurface as one of the team's leaders in the Copa del Rey, where he delivered spectacular performances. That was, by the way, his only trophy in his five years in Valencia. And he made it even more memorable with a picture taken inside the locker room after winning the game, posing with the cup absolutely, 100%, fully naked. You can look up the picture in Google. It shouldn't take you too long to find it. Joaquin never really had a great relationship later with Unai Emery, the new coach from 2008 on, and his relevance inside the team diminished as the young Pablo Hernández, who by the way is still performing very well in Leeds United, became his main obstacle to remain a starter in the team. Believing he had done everything he could and after learning that Unai Emery would extend an additional season his contract in summer 2011, Joaquin decided that it was enough for him and he wanted to accept a very intriguing offer by none other than Malaga, who had undergone some dramatic changes of their own. If you were to describe what was going on at Malaga at that time in one word, then dramatic is certainly one word to use. But to give us a few more words on what Joaquin experienced at La Rosaleda, here's Sam Leverage. In the summer of 2011, Malaga were the place to be. They were a La Liga team on the up. They'd never really been a top team in Spain, but then with the investment of the new sheikh in charge, the man who's still there, Abdullabin Nasser Altani, they were looking to invest and really step up their game. They made some big signings, the likes of Santi Cazorla, Nacho Monreal, and it was also the summer when Isco made a move from Valencia B to join Malaga. And among those who made the move was Joaquin, and he joined 
joined for 4 million euros from Valencia and it was a strange start really for, for Harquin he he scored two goals very early on in the in his debut season against Granada in the in the derby and he convinced a lot of fans early on that he was going to be a great signing but his first season never really took off they were his only two goals that season and he had some niggling injuries and later on in the season he was struggling for form and and in the end, he wasn't quite the first team regular the fans were expecting. That second season, though, was much better. 2012-2013, the famous season for Malaga. Their fourth place finish in 2011-2012 meant that they were in the Champions League. And it was a remarkable season. Joaquin had, had many games to remember, including on that famous Champions League run where he scored the winner against AC Milan in the group stage. But perhaps his best spell was over two fixtures in two weeks in December when he produced five assists in just two games. And they were the five goals that Malaga scored over those two games with a 3-2 win over Real Madrid and a 2-0 win against Sevilla. Two huge fixtures in their campaign and Joaquin was there to set up the goals for them. That Champions League run didn't end quite as everybody had hoped. They made it to the quarterfinals where a dodgy offside call against Borussia Dortmund cost Malaga dearly. But it was Joaquin who was the first on the score sheet that night to give Malaga the lead so it was a remarkable campaign that Malaga fans will remember for some time and Joaquin was a huge part of that two year spell Next up came Hawkins, one and only stint abroad. He was off to join Fiorentina. He never quite established himself as a starter at the Italian club, but did have some moments to remember along the way. His first goal was an epic one as he netted the go-ahead third goal for his side in a 4-2 victory over Juventus. Fiorentina's first home Serie A win against the Italian Giants in 15 years. He also played a part in the side's run to the 2014 Coppa Italia final. In this tournament, he did play a lot and had one goal and one assist as Fiorentina made it to the final against Napoli in Rome, where Rafael Benitez's Napoli side won 3-1. After two years, it was time to go home for Joaquin. He always speaks fondly of his time in Italy and he famously tried his hand at speaking Italian in an interview that quickly became incomprehensible for both Italian and Spanish speakers alike. He was fluent though in the language of Betis and returned to the Stadio Benito Villarreal in 2015. Here's Seville-based journalist David Whitworth of Radio Betis to tell us more about Joaquin at Betis, the sequel. It was a hero's return for Joaquin Sanchez Rodriguez when he came home. Over 20,000 in attendance to see Joaquin come back to the Estadio Benito Villarreal. It was a very memorable and very emotional time for both the player and the fans. He's been here for four seasons now and he continues to cement his legacy. He very much is like the fine wine, 38 years young and still going strong. Recently he played his 310th appearance for Betis, the most for an outfield player for the club in La Liga history. He really defies logic. He is still a certainty in the starting 11. Fantastic player, great ambassador on and off the field. He continues to be the beacon of hope for the club and he's made a huge impact. He made a massive impact in his first spell for Betis and now upon his return 
He's not the same player, naturally. He hasn't got that quickness on the wing, but still plays on the wing. But as all players, when they get older, if they've got a, an intelligent brain, tactically, positional-wise, he knows where he needs to be exactly on the field. And the way that we play with the style of football that we play really suits him down to the ground. Fantastic player he's been and continues to be. Looks like he's going to get a new one-year contract very soon for next season. And he is great to have around. Everyone knows about that famous smile that he's got. And that youthfulness is certainly helping him to prolong uh, his years, certainly. There's talk of him trying to get to the 40th year. It's a real possibility because there's another record that he wants to get. The all-time Betis record, uh, which was set by our goalkeeper, is Naiola. I think he needs to play at least this season and next season to get that uh, specific award. So, fingers crossed, if he keeps injury-free, then he can uh, become the ultimate uh, all-time record, uh, record appearance holder for Betis. But very much the captain on and off the field and a fantastic ambassador. Betis is Joaquin, and Joaquin is simply Betis. Thanks, David, for bringing us up to speed on Joaquin's return to Real Betis, where fans of the Andalusian club and of Spanish football in general have been able to enjoy him over the past few years. I think everyone in Spanish football who isn't a Sevilla fan has a soft spot for Joaquin. He's the kind of player who makes you love the game and we all hope he keeps playing at Betis for the foreseeable future. Well, this has been our Joaquin episode on La Liga Loda. My thanks go out to contributors Roman de Arker, Matt Clark, Paco Pollitt, Sam Leverage and David Whitworth. We'll be back with similar episodes each Thursday in addition to our Monday Matchday recap podcasts. Thanks for listening and we'll be talking Spanish football with you again soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 